For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Postpartum Coach Podcast. I'm getting really excited for the holidays and just vacation mode coming up. Um, I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've been enjoying these interviews. I've done so many interviews recently. Um, it's been really fun for me. So today I have Crystal here. She's a parenting connection expert. I want to have her introduce herself. So I'm not going to say more. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about what you do and who you are, all the things. Yeah, for sure. I am Crystal, the parenting coach. Um, I'm Canadian. I homeschool. I have four kids. My youngest is five and my oldest is 15. I have three boys and a girl. Um, several of my children are neurodivergent. So I have some diagnoses that make it a little bit more difficult to parent ADHD, anxiety, um, severe anxiety disorder, um, autism spectrum disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, and when they were little, we didn't know any of this. We just, because it's very high functioning, um, we just knew that they were difficult. So we might explain, describe them as like strong-willed or difficult or, you know, those deeply feeling kids. Um, there's lots of different terms we use to describe them, but I found myself just hugely struggling as a mom. And um, I knew about the kind of parenting approach I'm going to talk about today. Some people call it conscious parenting or intentional parenting. Yeah. Um, I like to kind of focus in on connection. So I call it radical connection. Um, but I, like I knew that. about this kind of parenting for a long time. My parents actually parented in a very authoritarian way um, my whole life with all of all of the eight of us. And my, my parents had given um, me a book when my son was a toddler and said, we parented wrong. <laughs> like, we're sorry, have this book, like there is a better way. And so that was kind of my introduction to this kind of parenting. Um, it was a book called hold on to your kids by Gordon Newfeld. And I loved it, yeah. but I found that the more I learned about this parenting approach, the more I fell short from my ideals of trying to parent that way. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. Like I can constantly, I was yeah. like, it almost like it put, it put my ideas of what I should be at a higher standard than even like the norm. So then I was like constantly failing, but also at the same time, my son's behaviors were getting really, really severe. Let's, and oh, can I like, jump I just, in really, really super fast. I just, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I can't tell you how much I can relate to that. Um, that's all I wanted to say is just, oh my gosh. Like, I'm like, you're speaking my world. I think I would have, I think story. looking, no, it's good. Looking back in the, in the past, um, in the past, I don't know, three years. Cause my oldest is the trickiest right now and he's seven and a half. And 
we don't have any neurodivergent diagnoses or anything. That's something that we're potentially looking into. I think you and I were talking about that before okay. starting the recording, but, um, I, I'm, I'm realizing that one of the stumbling blocks that I didn't recognize until you just said that is each time I would reach out for help in my own ways, whether it was a parenting book or finding an Instagram account, I would either feel shame or just more overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So I'm just, I'm so excited to have you on Crystal. And this is, I think one of the reasons we're here crossing paths is for my audience, for me. um, And I'm just, yeah, I'm just really excited to hear more about connection. It just seems like this mysterious light in the darkness <laughs> yes. that I feel yeah, like intuitively is. I know it'll work and it sh- it sh- I've, I've wanted that connective parenting all along. Um, but I think I've been too overwhelmed or too ashamed at times. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for our listeners today. Just keep talking. Yeah. It's so great. The overwhelm is so real because a lot of the parenting tips out there are like, use this phrase or try this thing. And then there's just more things for me to remember to try to do. Um, so that's not what I teach. If, if you follow me on Instagram, you, you will know this. I kept thinking like, I wonder if I should give more like practical tips of like, these are phrases you should use. And I was like, no, because really my whole approach is that we can become our own parenting expert. We all have our own inner parenting expert. We just don't listen to it. We just, it's blocked through typically how we were parented that kind of has left some wounds that need to be healed within us. And when we can heal those wounds, that this kind of parenting comes a lot more naturally and that we all have, like some people call your inner knowing or your intuition. And we have that about each of our children and each of our children are unique and special. And we can figure out how to parent them in the way that's best for them and best for us, um, when we can tap into that. And so, um, my kind of going back to my story a little bit, it kind of got to the time where I was like, something has to change. Like this was, it was, it was very severe. I, I mean, you can listen on my podcast where I talk a little bit more in detail about how intense um, the meltdowns were. I don't even call them tantrums anymore because meltdowns are a lot more severe than just a tantrum. Um, But over time, as I was able to change my parenting style and approach with him through kind of doing my own inner work and then found life coaching tools that really um, amplified the process and made it happen a lot more quickly, um, his behavior decreased. I mean, I didn't do it to decrease his behavior. I was like, I need to do something so that I can even like be in the same room as him. Mm -hmm. Um, but over time, it was probably about a year later. I remember looking back and thinking, wow, things are like really changed and really shifted. And that was with one specific child. Now I have another one coming up that also has some diagnosis and we're going through similar things with him and our whole, um, process with him is just entirely different because yeah. we already have the tools. Right. It doesn't, it's not that it's not hard because for sure it is, yeah. but I know, I know how to deal with it now. And so now I don't need to go, you know, reach out to people. Cause I'm like, okay, no, wait, I, I have the support. I know, I know what I need to do here. Um, so yeah, so how I help p- parents right now, I typically, I work with moms kind of in groups and one-on-one, but I really also love working with couples. I love working with That's partners actually, who are both trying to parent yeah. in a different way and struggling. That's what I was going to ask you is I can only imagine if you're going to make these big changes, you kind of need both parents uh, on the same page, which has typically been our struggle. It's like one of us will find a great parenting book and we're like, okay, let's do this. And then the other one will try to read it, but yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's hard to get on the same page when it comes to parenting. So what I typically tell people is like, in order to do this, some people call it attachment-based parenting, but in order to have this secure attachment and to really heal that relationship with your child, you really do only need one parent doing it. It's amazing. It's way, 
That's you good. know, it's going to amplify it if there's two or if there's more, if there's grandparents, if there's, yeah. you know, neighbors, but, um, but if you were listening and you're like, but I'm only one, don't feel like it's not going to work for you. And also that it's never too late. You could literally have a teenager. I've had, I've had clients come to me that had teens that were in and out of the psych ward or pulling knives or like, um, you know, suicidal, like very difficult, um, di- very difficult children. Um, and it healed their relationship. Like, so don't feel like, there is no point at which it's too late for your child or too late for you. Yeah. I love that. I just feel this like melting happening in my body. Just like, no, it it's going to be okay. <laughs> there, yes. there is help. Is. I love this. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, Can I ask you real quick? I think other people might want to know this. I find that most of us on this podcast have younger children. So okay. you, you've been through this before. How do you get even started? Like, first of all, this word neurodivergent, I think it explains itself, but can you tell us like what specific you mean by that? And then how do you go about finding out that this is something like officially, whether it's a diagnosis or, or how do you know that? Right. And then how does that inform the way you go about helping your child? Yeah. So some people use the term neurodiverse or neurodivergent. Usually they're describing kids that either have ASD, which is autism spectrum disorder, ADHD. There's a couple other things that they might, that they might say. Um, some people find it important to have a diagnosis. Some people don't. Um, I didn't, I wasn't really on the, like, we need to have a diagnosis type train, but at there, at some point I felt like my child wanted to know a little bit more about him and his brain and how it worked. And so it kind of came from him. Um, but I actually found it more helpful than I thought it was going to be, um, just for yeah. my own personal education to be like, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is ADHD children are a lot more explosive. And so let's learn more about explosive behaviors and how we can help. So it just kind of helped educate me as to, as to what was going on in his brain um, and lower my expectations. Cause I think a lot of times, well, 100% of the time expectations leads to frustrations and we have these expectations of kids and when they should be shifting to kind of a different stage or level of growth. You totally do. Happen, I'm like, I'm going to fess up to that right now. We all do. Right. And, <laughs> and we, if it doesn't happen and the growth pattern that we think is going to happen in our brain, such a that's problem. when we get so frustrated. Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Well, I just think about like a brand new postpartum mama. If their baby's not walking by 14 months or 12 months, Mm -hmm. they're starting to be like, ask all the questions, do all the research. I can't speak for y'all, but I can speak for me. Um, and then by your second or third kid, you're just so much more laid back. You're like, "Mm, it's a spectrum. Like it's a, it's a, the percentile is broad. Like it's fine. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And that, um, 
I think the there's a couple things that really bother people, but one of them is the lack of self-regulation. And so oh, this will happen. Oh, oh, <laughs> two hands in the air, like amen. No, it's true. He never, t- I, I don't want to like, okay, hopefully everyone understands that this is in good, loving, informative speech here. But I remember like my, the child that came after my oldest, like, was soothed with a binky or a blankie, always able to soothe. Um, mm-hmm. Oldest child, never. No binkies, no blankies. Um, yeah. it's, it's rough. And sometimes I almost feel like like getting into a yelling burst soothes him. Like I'm like, because there's no other way he calms down except when he totally maxes out. And like losing yeah. it. And then so that's usually like an attachment or relationship issue. And, and it's not because you are doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's because children that are, um, in, in Gordon Neufeld's book, he calls them orchid children because they take Ooh. a lot longer to bloom, but they're like the most beautiful flower. Oh, he is. And I so, can feel that. I resonate with that. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I want every mama to hold that in it? her heart. Like, let's just, just take a minute. Like if you guys have a difficult child or you think yours might be, just remember orchid. It's an orchid kid. Orchid, right? I love that. I would remind myself of that all the time when my kids were little. I'd be like, it's fine. Like it's an orchid. He's still growing. Yeah. And um, just knowing that, like that it's going to take them a little bit longer. It's going to be harder for them to attach and connect. Um, they're probably going to lack self-regulation skills. So typically what we see is around five to seven years old, there's a lot of shifts happening in their brains. And so there's a lot of development. There's a lot of stuff going on. So if you're in the five to seven year old phase and you're really struggling with your kids, just hold on. It, It will get better. If your child is highly sensitive or an orchid child, it's going to take even longer than that. It's not going to, it's not necessarily going to kick in at, at age seven. And, um, as far as self-regulation skills goes, it can actually take up until adulthood. So oftentimes I'll have parents come and be like, but he's 11 now, like surely he should be able to regulate. Um, but really it's co-regulation for so a you long have time, a tiny little baby mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. You have a tiny little baby. It regulates by like you're holding it on your skin and you're nursing it and you're rocking it. Right. All right. of those things help. And then over time, they need a little bit less and less of it. There's actually a graph of co-regulation and on the one line, you kind of have the axis of like the lifespan and the other of co-regulation. And it's interesting to see it does go down their need of co-regulation, but it's quite slow. And so, um, and you're talking about neurodiverse kids specifically, right? You're not talking no, about this in- is, this is all, all children, children across the board. Oh. So we often think, okay, but by five or by nine or by 11, like they should have these skills, but it's very common for them not to have those skills yet. So under the age of 12, if you're listening to this, I would suggest that almost all of the self-regulation from them is going to come from you helping them through that. Most of the time they are not going to have those skills. And I remember hearing that number and thinking, what? I thought it would have been like way lower than that. So even just shifting it to have different expectations, different right? Expectations. Yeah. Our brains are like, oh, but at seven, right? Yes. Your seven-year-old should be able to regulate, but yes. they really shouldn't. You know, and what's interesting, Crystal, is the better I've gotten. So I've just learned, like, I feel like this could be true. It's possible that I just learned self-regulation after becoming the postpartum coach and creating this process of calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life. I feel like essentially what I'm teaching to women is self-regulation that they never really learned, um, specifically with anxiety, but then it turns yes. in, it, it turns into let's do this for all the emotions and oh my gosh, let's go teach our kids. And then I'm like, wait, but I'm teaching my kids and 
it's not sticking. And so I love what you're saying is like, yeah, mm-hmm. don't expect them to be doing it the way you can do it as a full grown adult. Yeah. Because um, the graph, I'll just remember the graph, the axis, it's slow. I love, I love the graph because I always go back to that and think it's normal. Even if my teenager, I have a teenager now, he's 15 and I'm like, even if he's having a rough day, that's fine. And honestly, like we still do, even as adults, we still, oh, usually we baby. have a partner in which helps us co-regulate. So it's normal for our children not to have that skill. And when you said a lot of your clients come and don't have that skill yet, what I've found is that if we were raised in an authoritarian home, which almost all of us have been, because that's the generation before us and how they parented. So this is rewards, punishments, yelling, timeouts, grounding, you know, spanking, all of those kinds of authoritarian behaviors. What we often internalized as kids was that we weren't okay and our emotions weren't okay. Because if we were loud, if we cried, if we screamed, we were sent to our room or we were grounded. And subconsciously as a child, we don't know how to differentiate our behavior, our emotions from us. They're all our identity. So when we feel like that's us, right? They're like, you're, you're bad. You go to your room, right? Like we get that subconscious feedback that we're not okay, that there's something wrong with us. So now what happens is as an adult, we have these big emotions. I don't call them positive or negative or good or bad. I, I I refuse to call them that because that just gives them a bad connotation. Um, but as a society, we think those emotions are bad. We think those big emotions that we have are bad because of how we were raised and not just our parents. I don't know if you read, I love reading older books to my kids. It comes in older books, in older movies. It's like, you know, don't cry and kids should be seen and not heard. Oh, and totally. They need to disrespect, they need to respect us and they need to toe the line. Like that was the culture, um, just entrenched in the culture. So it wasn't our parents' fault. Like they didn't know there was a different way. Um, but now we have this whole culture, <laughs> this whole generation of people who don't know how to process their emotions, right? So we as adults don't know how to self-regulate and co-regulation happens with having a healthy, emotionally intelligent adult model self-regulation to a child who is struggling and being there with them. And you have to have a secure attachment or connection with them. So if those two things aren't present, co-regulation doesn't happen. So a lot of parents still aren't teaching their children co-regulation skills. So even if they're not neurodivergent, even if you just have a normal child, a typical child, I should say, not normal because all, we're all normal. Yes, but, I follow um, you. Right. They might be struggling still to co-regulate so, or okay. to self-regulate. So typically I ask parents, okay, so when your child is screaming and yelling, throwing a tantrum or having a meltdown, how do you respond? And usually it is the mirroring emotion. They're like, well, totally, when I get mad, I get frustrated. Totally. Right? And, and I'm like, just, and I'm like, good. I'm pretty good at regulating my emotions, but it's like, I have no desire to, I think sometimes when I see him get like that because of the expectations in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so I, I'm like is. loving this so much. So can we talk about co-regulation? Is that okay to go there for yeah, a minute? Totally, totally can go there. Let's delve into um, like so, what that looks yeah. like, how to do it. I know you said the foundation of it is really the adult knowing how to self-regulate, which is what I, you know, that is a big part of what we're doing over here in the postpartum coach place. And then, and then how do you kind of walk your kids through that once you're doing that? Yeah. Yeah. So I'll back up a little bit pre-co-regulation because one of the problems that happens when we're, I I call it emotionally reactive. So when we're emotionally reactive, there's a few things going on. So we have to kind of dig into why we're emotionally reactive first before we can help support ourselves and help support them. So one is past beliefs. And so this is like digging into any beliefs that maybe we had 
you know, from our app, from our childhood, or maybe we currently have any thoughts that we have that are leading to us to feel triggered. So for instance, we might think like our child is yelling or freaking out. And maybe we think like, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why is that not okay? Underneath Mm -hmm. that maybe was like, well, when I was younger, it wasn't okay okay for me. me. Totally. Yes. So it's like uncovering why things are a trigger. Another trigger that I find often is like, this problem is my fault. Like if my child's screaming and yelling, it means something about me as a mom. That's called personalization. So another, another trigger can be personalization. Another trigger can be resentment. Like I'm overwhelmed. I'm burnt out. You shouldn't be doing this right now. Do you not see that? I like, that's probably the, that's the one I go to the most. And then I like shame myself. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm being so narcissistic. Like it's all about me mm-hmm. when really my kid's the one that needs help. But it's yeah. so true how overwhelmed you can get, especially when there's like repetitive, really annoying behaviors <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that are, that so are not typical. Those, like, all of those beliefs lead to us then being triggered. I have a friend who's a behavioral therapist and she talks about it like being lava in a volcano. So she's like, there's things that like increase your lava and there's things that like cool your lava down. (laughs) Right. So you might have this anger level, like that's just bubbling and like one thing might tip it off. So what I help people kind of go through first is let's uncover those beliefs. Let's uncover like, why is this a trigger? What are those triggers? Let's heal those triggers so that it's not so triggering for you. Right. And then you can hold the Um, space for your kid. Yeah. Which that I'm good at, that I'm good at, but I just get so triggered that I like all my great tools can't even access them. Just, just want to scream. (laughs) So there's one more thought tool I'm going to go before I go to that. Cause I love that you just said you can't access them because that is 100% what happens. But the one last tool would be expectations. Um, actually two more. So one is expectations, figuring out having healthy kind of like expectations, which I would say is kind of dropping all of them because yeah. our child is always doing their best. Like the, one of the core beliefs here is <gasps> I that like our feel this in my body. You know can. what? I'm like, I hope y'all can notice your bodies, what they're doing. Cause my body is responding right now. My body is like, like I'm feeling yeah. these fences, like come down in my body. Like, it's like, it's going to be okay. There is a way forward. And yeah, you don't have to be managing, yeah. right. It's just like so delicious. I'm just like, yeah, you keep talking. <laughs> It is. It is like um, me being able to believe that my child's doing their best, that kids aren't inherently bad, that kids aren't trying to be bad, that it's either a, like it's a, always a lack of skill or something that that is missing there um, helps just changes you to show everything. up in that way that you just said, right? Changes it's like, everything. oh, okay. Like, this is okay. This is normal. Yeah. Nothing has gone wrong here. Yeah. Um, so and then it gets you searching. It sure. gets you like searching and curious right? Which is, that's the conduit through which my tools that I have, I have like all these great tools that I use on myself Mm -hmm. with my clients. I think that's the open, curious way that these can come through. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. Laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This is so timely yeah. because my clients have been asking, like, hey, teach us how to teach your kids this stuff. And Part of me was like, oh, I have some great ideas. And part of me was like, I'm going to feel like such a hypocrite because the truth is like, sometimes I feel blocked in my ability to take these amazing, calm your body, calm your mind, calm your life and like bring them to my kids. So I I feel like if there's no other takeaway here today, this is my takeaway. I want to invite you guys to consider is just like, um, the piece, the belief that you offered that they're always doing their best. I don't know. For me, that feels magical crystal because it goes from shaming either shaming them or shaming myself or both to then, um, and me melting down and them continuing to melt down with no help Mm -hmm. to, okay, if they're doing their best, then what, what tool can I add to their toolkit or what tool do I need right now to my toolkit so that I can even begin the search to add a tool to their toolkit? That emotion. And I call curious compassion. Yeah. And that's the key emotion to this yeah. kind of parenting. I think it's when the key emotion to like, so I don't want to like diminish. I'm like, I think that's the key. I mean, I see that across the board, whether you're trying to grow a business, whether you're trying to calm postpartum anxiety or depression, whether you're trying to like get your kid, whatever, under control, get you under control, curiosity, mm-hmm. curiosity, shame, no curiosity. Yes. Curiosity will open the light, the creativity, the intuition, the idea flowage, and the shame will just create more criticism, more um, disconnection, more isolation, avoiding, and then more shame because we're not even solving the problem. I know this cycle because I saw it firsthand in my depression postpartum over and over and over again. So it's like the same human behaviors, whether, you know, it's in parenting Mm -hmm. or the mental health space, it's just cool to see it. It's so, it's so the same. And it's that curious, like when we can move into that space of curious compassion, another piece that I talk about often is tapping into our inner parenting expert, your inner knowing, your intuition. Intuition. And just like you said, it's like the conduit to, to use those tools. And if you might be listening and thinking, but I don't have the tools, we do. We all have access to that deep down and you'll have tools that are unique to you and your child in your situation um, when we start tapping into that. And so we have to do that inner healing first, right? So what are all these triggers? What's going on? And one last one I'll mention is also um, thoughts that lead to disconnection. Mm -hmm. So if I'm thinking my child's annoying, that behavior is annoying. I can't handle this. Why is he always like this? He shouldn't be this way. All of those thoughts are creating disconnection in my body. Mm -hmm. Connection is a feeling that's fueled through our thoughts. So it's, it's intentionally going through all of those to kind of work through them and sift through them. And then also creating thoughts intentionally that lead to connection. And they're usually really simple. Like I love him. Or they're doing their best. Like that one to me, I mean, maybe that just creates curiosity, but it does feel like, oh, I can start to take the guard down for me. yeah, Yeah. I feel, I feel that. And when I can stop in the moment and believe that, which is sometimes hard to get to, but when I can, then I'm able to show up differently. Mm -hmm. So those are all kind of the thought things that we go through. There's, there's several different ones that we work through, but like you said, sometimes I can't access them. Mm -hmm. And when you can't access them, it's because the emotion is a little bit too strong. So what Mm -hmm. I do for that situation, which a lot of moms come to me with is we work on emotions first. We don't even go into thought work. We're like, 
not even going to go into the triggers. We're just going to like work on our feelings. So first we're going to notice like, how am I feeling in that moment? And just being really mindful in the moment when you feel like you can't access your tools, just stopping and creating a space between you and your reactions. I want so the input, whatever yeah. stimulus is coming in, and then your response to your child. So I like to put my hand on my heart because I'm such a physical person. I love putting my hand on my heart and taking a really deep breath, taking a few really deep cleansing breaths, and then just becoming a little bit mindful of what I'm feeling. Yeah. I call this I, I one little kind of trick that you can use is your zones, red zone, green zone, yellow zone, like the green light, red light, yellow light. So when I'm in my red space, I kind of know how that feels in my body. And I know that I shouldn't respond or react. Like I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go take myself out of the situation for a bit until I can go back to yellow or green. Um, And when I I can know that I'm in my yellow space, then there's things that can help me kind of move back down to my green space as well. But in some moments, like you're at the pool with your kid and your kid won't leave the pool because they just want to be there and they're kicking and screaming and you're like noticing your like heat rise and everybody else is kind of looking at you as you're dealing with this kid that's freaking out, right? Who does not have a situation like that with their toddler. (laughs) And um, just stopping and taking just a couple deep breaths. Even oh, just that, like that. breath is like the breath. So I'm like, my cute. clients know we, we talk about breath is home. Breath is home. Breath is your friend. Um, there was yeah. a thought I had when you were saying all that. I think that, um, so I, I have quite a bit of trauma, like from childhood that I'm working through as we all probably do in our own ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that for me, sometimes it's not even like, I mean, there probably is an emotion, but it's like, it's like, a the trigger is so it's like we, I go into safety, like fight or flight mode. It's not like I'm just feeling anger. It's like, I feel legitimately in danger because of the traumas that replay in my mind, right. That are unresolved still, um, from like when, you know, like when my siblings were doing this or that or whatever was happening. And, and so, um, yeah, I think like there can never be enough body calming, in that moment, yeah. just like, like that's when you don't want to go to your thought work, like exactly yeah. how you just so go to the body like, for sure. That is when you're in, we call it your state of alarm. Your brain yeah. is an alarm. And that is also actually what your kids are in, in that yeah. moment. So the, the behavior that you're talking about in them, cause I'm mirroring for them also. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like a mirror. Right. So then we're both in alarm. So we're not really going to be as helpful. And that's when I go to my body. That's, that's when I'm cool. like, Hey, let's just take a deep breath and let's not respond right now. I Like, I just want to I don't know. Like I'm loving this so much. I want to reemphasize. And I think this is something I say often, but I'm like, the body really is a gift. And I, I'm like, Crystal and I are saying it's, it's really pretty to see the body show up in both of these ways, right? Like I'm helping mama's postpartum depression and anxiety. You're helping with the parenting, but look how the body is, is the refuge and is the, yes. the, the, the rootedness and the groundedness that we really truly need. Like we think and we want to work our way out of it mentally. We want to, we want to think our way out of anxiety. We want to think our way through depression or whatever and, or think our way through a kid's tantrum. And I love that we're both like witnesses to the body first, Mm -hmm. like the body first. And when you, because when you can do that, then that's when you can tap in. Right. Like that's when you tap into that inner knowing that parenting power, the intuition and And your brain is so much better used (laughs) when your body's calm. Your brain is like so much more effective. 
Yeah. And so when you're in your emotional brain, it's like a teeter totter. Your emotions are high and your logic is low. So we often are like trying to teach our kids a lesson or like teach them this behavior is not okay. That is not when teaching is going to happen. It is literally going to go in their ear and out the other. There's no time when you should try and teach in the fire. So the fire would be like your, your, angry, bo- emotions, your nervous their angry emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Like teaching is not in those moments. And so one of the questions you asked was, well, how do we teach this to our kids? Well, I would say for anyone that's listening that has kids under eight, maybe even under 10 or 12, it's usually indirectly. So, um, role modeling the behavior, 80% of the time it's role modeling the behavior. Good. Yes, that's it. And 20% of the time you can actually teach, but teaching still through mostly through play and through reading books to them and through telling them stories. So a few books, if you're listening, um, The Color Monster is great. Um, In My Heart, A Book of Feelings is also great. And what if, something like, what if my feelings, what if a book of feelings, something like that. So those three um, feelings books are fabulous. So read them to your little kids. Um, I actually teach my kids the process of feeling their feelings, like sitting still with it. What color is it? Where is it in your body? Um, but that doesn't work when they're in their red zone. So figuring out what works for your kids in red, because it's going to be different than what's works for them in yellow. So my kids will do this in yellow, my eight, and my five-year-old, my teenager probably wouldn't. Um, but my uh, younger kids will, but in the red zone, it really is just allowing them space. So I'm going to let them just sit there and explode. Maybe they slam the door. Maybe they're screaming and yelling. Maybe I go into their room with them. So we're not like hitting other people and I can calmly like calm myself down and be present. If you can't say anything kind, just calm yourself and be present. Don't say anything. But if you feel like you're, if you can't say anything kind, calm yourself and be present. (laughs) It is Done. just calm yourself. I put my it. hand on my heart. Cause that always helps me. I take a few deep breaths and I don't say anything, but if I feel like I can respond, I'm going to say something simple. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm here with you. You can be as mad as you want. It's okay. You're feeling anger. Anger is a normal emotion. You can feel angry as much as you want. Sometimes we want to match their tonality also. Cause they might not want to hear that if they're like screaming and yelling, like we could be something like, yeah, you're so mad right now. Like, I get oh, mad too. And so I mad. feel mad. <laughs> I feel like I want to kick and hit and punch. Like that's how it feels in my body. Is that how you feel right now? Just to help them kind of verbalize that. Sometimes mm-hmm. they won't even want that. Like deeply yeah. feeling kids aren't probably going to want you to say anything. They're probably just going to want you to sit there, maybe not even in their room, maybe outside of their room. And I have to say that this is not a timeout. This is never a timeout. This is like them taking themselves to their room? Are you going to their room with them to make sure that they're not feeling like it's a separation because there's something wrong with them or because they've done something wrong? This is to help them regulate. So it's not, it's not the same thing as like, go to your room. You've done something wrong. It's like, okay, we're going to go over here. So we don't, you know, keep hitting our brother um, while we sit and do this. And typically they just want to scream and yell and kind of get it out. And then the other really important piece is to reconnect because it's, it's a break in connection when that happens, a little separation. And so taking time to sit and snuggle or tell them, you know, oh, I feel that good. Same I'm too. like, you like, know what? I'm good at that. I am good at reconnecting. So I may not have all the things figured out with my oldest, but I am really good at when the fire dies down, loving on him. Yeah. And like, cause I, I love him and I want to feel connection with him. And when he has these big blowups, you know, it's like, so this is so good. This is so fun. I've learned so much. I hope you guys all have too. We're kind of wrapping up. Is there any final little tidbits you want to leave us with as far as like, I don't know, 
this all. Yeah. All this. Um, I'm going to leave one thing I was, I've been thinking of lately. Cause I see this on Facebook groups all the time where people ask me this, like, but what about when my three-year-old bites? Like that's surely not okay. Or what if they hit or like, what if my five-year-old, you know, yells at me or tells me that he hates me. Um, when we focus so much on behavior modification, it's like very external. It's like focusing on all the things that they're doing that are annoying or frustrating or that we don't like. Um, it keeps us from connection. It's so not what the I would root say cause. It's not, yeah, okay. it's not the root cause. It never is. And we go to external factors to try and fix it, right? We're like timeouts, punishments, rewards, take away the Xbox, all these things. Like those things will not help an internal struggle. We use external things thinking that it's going to help this external thing that we see when it's never external. And so we don't focus on behavior modification. We focus on connection and really what's going on behind the scenes. So yeah. no matter what struggle you're feeling like, but this doesn't fit it all fits. So write that struggle down and then think, okay, well, how could this fit? How could I focus on connection and relationship Mm -hmm. first? Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe it's too hard for you to go there. So maybe just focus it in on yourself first. How can I connect with myself today? Yes. Okay. This is so good. So, so if you're really, 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 really depressive and anxious and working on connection with yourself, like come see me, the postpartum coach, because that is what we do. And if you are really, 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 really needing to connect with your kid and you know that your kid maybe even needs to connect with themselves and with you, then it sounds like Crystal would be an amazing fit, especially if they're a little bit older. When are, what are your typical ranges for your clients' children? Yeah, I usually say like five or eight-ish to 15, but a lot of them have a lot of kids uh, that are a lot of different ages. So sometimes they are like still in the baby toddler phase yeah. and they're still in, in the teen phase. Um, so, but this, but connection-based parenting can work at any age. I've worked with parents with adult children. It really does. It is, is it, it's our approach to relationships. So if you feel like there's a relationship issue and you really want to heal it and you feel like connection is kind of speaking to you, intentionality, conscious parenting, if that's been really speaking to you, maybe you follow some people that you're like, oh, this sounds really lovely and like airy and like free and light. Um, But that is actually possible for you. And um, it was possible for me. And I so enjoy my parenting. I so enjoy motherhood. There are very few days when I even notice a feeling of overwhelm anymore. There are very few days where I yell at all and not because I'm trying to force myself not to yell. It just doesn't come. It has completely changed. Like I could get, I could tear up thinking about how it was a few years ago to how it is now. I sometimes do just sitting during the day and I'm like, this is, it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And it is, it is possible. And it's possible through your own inner healing, the mm-hmm. most effective way to raise emotionally intelligent children, which I think we all want is to raise is to, is to turn inwards and to become an emotionally intelligent adult first. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. That is the work we do. I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is so good. Um, I just want to thank you for being here. And I also want to encourage everybody to make sure you send this. If you have a friend who maybe you have just like a little newborn, but you, you know, uh, maybe your older sister has multiple kids that are a little bit older and she's got the toddler or the emerging teenager struggles and that she's really going through. I just want to invite you to send this episode off to somebody that comes to mind. If it doesn't quite fit with like the ages of your kids or, or where you're at in your motherhood. 
um, because this is beautiful, beautiful work. And I for sure will be drawing closer to you, Crystal, and learning more from you. So I just want to thank you so, so much for giving your bright light and your hope and your energy, your confidence. Like you can just tell when I wish you all could see her when she's talking, like you can just tell she's lived it. And, um, it's just like a, like a smile that's always in your eyes. It's really pretty. So thank, thank you, you so much. If they want to come follow you or if somebody they know wants to come check you mm-hmm. out, where would they go? Um, Instagram and my podcast. So Instagram, I'm the dot parenting dot coach. Check me out there. I often, every few months I have some free workshops and stuff you can come to where we talk all about all of these kind of triggers that are underneath it all. Um, I, and also my podcast, the freedom moms podcast. So I talk a lot about connection-based parenting there, um, and then tools that we can use to kind of help support us through that, through that connection journey. Okay. So the freedom moms podcast or mm-hmm. the dot parenting dot coach on Instagram. Yep. That's so me. Those lovely. are the two places I love hanging out. Oh, good. And Canada. <laughs> and Canada. You can also come see me in real life. <laughs> but only Canada. if you're vaccinated. No, I'm just kidding. Yes, that's true. That's no, true. They, don't let, they don't let anybody across. It's crazy right now. I know. Goodness. Here's to better times, eh? Yes. Thank you, Lizzie. Thanks, Thanks for having Crystal. me on today. Hi, my darling friend, Lizzie here. If you love the content here on my podcast, then you need to check out the Postpartum Coach membership. My membership is where you can bridge the gap between listening and understanding healing postpartum on a logical level and then applying it and feeling change. That's what we do in the membership. The most valuable tool that I have for you in my membership by far is the postpartum anxiety course. It's my course where I walk you through my three-part postpartum healing process. You can watch or listen to the course. I made it for moms, digestible and to the point. Then you've got a private podcast, a members-only Facebook community, as well as the trifecta of postpartum healing, weekly coaching, meditation, and yoga. You do not want to miss my membership if you are postpartum and are serious about healing. So go to lizzielangston.com forward slash membership today and step into your healing. That's lizzielangston.com forward slash membership. I'll see you inside, my love. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.